Utah Jazz get the job done. That's probably the best way to characterize this one against a very short-handed Minnesota Timberwolves team. The Jazz executed as they needed to, led most of the way, closed it out when they needed to, never in doubt. Not particularly sexy, but never in doubt. We'll be talking about it coming up on Postcast. David Locke, along with Ron Boone, as the Utah Jazz beat the Minnesota Timberwolves by the final score of 126 to one. 16 and Ron, I don't know what's fair to ask out of the Jazz tonight. It might have been, I'm sure there's some people that probably would have loved to you have. Think the, you need to put those on? No, I'm good right now. Thank you, though. 128. Oh, 120. <laughs> 128, 116. I guess I did need these. Um, like, what's your thought? Like, it, is it fair to ask the Jazz that they have to beat a team by 25 because they're missing a bunch of guys? Or they be up by 10 all night and win? It, it's not, it, it's not fair. Uh, and if you want to be a fan and say it, it, it's, it's you know, when a team is shorthanded with so many starters out, so many key players out that you should blow them off the floor. I mean, that's natural for any of us or any fan to think that. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it just doesn't happen all the time. Uh, and you kind of get frustrated with plays that don't get made that you normally see made. And you just don't react the same. So it, it's not fair. Uh Rudy Gobert tonight finishes with 20 points, 17 rebounds, two assists, a steal, and four blocks. And and again, we're seeing him try to stretch his offensive game. A willingness, really honestly, a willingness to fail, which I kind of admire. Like, he makes a bunch of plays that sometimes look ridiculous. But on the end result of all of it, he's, he shoots, he scores 20 points on 14 shots tonight. Like, and, you can't really complain about that. Yeah, seven of them coming on the offensive glass. Now, Reed is a very good offensive rebounder or he's aggressive around the around the board and so is McDaniels both of those guys kind of go to the glass and so Rudy did hold his own and and came up with seven big offensive rebounds uh again he continues to lead the league in rebounding and boy what a year he's having right now uh otherwise I thought the Jazz shot distribution was kind of wacky in the first half Jordan had taken seven shots which is not that unusual but Ingles had taken seven shots so Mike hadn't hit a three yet, and Boyan was kind of not getting – he hadn't hit a three in the first half. And I thought it meant that we kind of lost the rhythm of the game because our usual guys weren't doing their thing, and then they came out in the third quarter and kind of got it back. Bogey hit four threes. Donovan took over a little bit. Mike got a little bit more active. Like, this is, to me, is always the ongoing issue with this team is there's just so many scorers that every now and then, when it gets out of balance, then the team loses its rhythm a little bit. Yeah, and and let's go back to that second quarter because – and, and I'm going to bring up Jordan Clarkson because I thought his game was entirely different tonight than we've seen two nights ago or the last time the Jazz played. Uh, he looked to pass the basketball. He wasn't just going uh, playing with the ball in his hands with his head down so much tonight. He was looking to, to set guys up. And to give you his line here in 23 minutes, he was only two for nine, but he, he ended up with three rounds. He had seven assists, one for six from the th- from the three-point line. Now that's going to be something that, that he's going to he's going to average about five three point shots a ball game, but the fact that he was a willing passer, uh, and I think more important for him is setting guys up. I mean, and that really will make a difference in his game and the guys that he's out there on the floor with. Took the sixth most amount of shots on the roster. He averages the second most amount of shots, and he was over for like six or seven to start. <laughs> so he really adapted his game, understanding where he was as a player tonight. And did, you're right, moved it, and then had a hellacious dunk that was like the oh, one boy. we all talked about forever. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's a great point, Ron. Like, if, if, if he's, that shows something 
of a self-understanding. A little bit of like the other side of this is that when this team, if you're having a bad night, this team has the ability to also, you know, hey, I'm not, I don't feel it tonight. I don't need to shoot. Like you can shoot. We have plenty of shots to go around on this group. So when Jordan suddenly doesn't take him, then, you know, then Rudy ends up with 14. Rudy getting 14 is an awful lot. That takes shots from guys and, and guys guys adapted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be nice when Jordan's just going to be red hot because the, even the threes that he had, he missed, but they were not like uh, uh, low percentage three-point shots. Uh, and so I, I enjoyed watching him play tonight, and hopefully that's something going forward that he'll bring to this basketball team because I just think they're really, really a much better team uh, on the offensive glass, uh, um, offensively, you know, when he's playing that way. Some questions coming in. Hayden wants to know, why aren't they using the gay Pascal lineup when that's what they're going to be using in the playoffs? It's a layup line for the opposition every time Whiteside's on the floor. So a few things. One is the layups tonight, I'm not sure they were on Hassan Whiteside. Uh-huh. I'd have to know what our defensive plan was. Mike Wells said to us at halftime that the big was supposed to be coming up on the ball to try to take, out, take away D'Angelo Russell's scoring. And I think Whiteside was doing it, and they were passing over the top. And that weak side, which is not the way we usually play, and I, if that's what the plan was, then that weak side defender is supposed to be coming over to impact, and the weak side defender was not moving at all. So, so I'm not sure that was on the sun. Yeah, I'm not sure there as well. And not being able to hear and, and without a, a shoot around the day or anything like that, we really don't know. But the normal rotation is that when Rudy comes up, then Rudy's going to take that man. Now you have someone from the weak side that takes – the roller, and then Conley or someone, or will go and get that three, the the guy, uh, the player on the weak side of the floor. That's usually the rotation, the shift that the Jazz do so well at. And for some reason, that shift from the corner side, you know, wasn't there tonight. I'm not sure if it was Boyan or or, or Joe or or whoever, maybe Royce O'Neal, but it didn't happen. Uh, somebody comment about Bogey. Uh... Regardless of what trade ends up happening, Bogey is pretty untradeable right now. Bogey is as good a shooter as there is in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, without like a doubt. You really have a dynamite, what was he, four of six tonight? Four of four or five tonight from three. And you start looking at his three-point shooting numbers, the amount of attempts he's taking and where he is. He's at a career-high number. There are not a lot of guys in the league that are at that level of three-point shooting. Um, I, I find, you know, maybe, it, you know, who knows what we do. Um, and what trades and what we're willing to do. I, I agree. I would put him on the untradeable level because if we're a three-point shooting team that likes to play in transition, he gets out in transition, he's open, he has to be guarded. If he's open, it's deadly. And he's got enough other things to his game. He's playing the pick and roll well this year, and he's getting to the rack. He's really – he's bona fide right now. I totally agree with you, David. I don't think he, he should even – anyone to entertain the thought of, of moving – Boyan. Where that came from, I don't know, but he is such a part of what Quinn wants to do out there on the floor at shooting the threes. That right corner should be named after him because he is he's he's just deadly. He's he's taken 51 threes from or maybe more than that. Yeah, he had taken 51 three-point shots from that corner. 67 three-point shots from up above the break there. Uh, coming into tonight's game, and that's where he got them tonight. I mean, those just knocks them down from over there. Del Toledo says more wing players score big time against the Jazz. It's a problem. Actually, tonight it's not a problem, and yeah. here's why, Del. Because somebody had to score. <laughs> like, the way Naismith created this game, they were going to score 90 to 110 points tonight, no matter what. And 
frankly, I don't think our defense was great tonight. It didn't need to be. We were up 10 most night. So with the way their roster was, there wasn't anybody on the roster other than D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley that could score points. They just didn't have other guys to do that. So at some point they're going to do it. The, the question on, you know, Russell takes scores 19 points on 20 shots. Like that's actually not a good night. Like we're fine with that. And Malik Beasley takes 25 shots, 16 of them, three scores, 33 points. Like, like, yeah, like honestly, yeah, like it's good. Good for Malik. Like, Hey, Anthony Edwards and those guys weren't playing. He took advantage of it, yeah. but like that had to happen tonight. Someone had to score for them. So I, I don't look this as them as somebody lighting the jazz up and you got to be concerned about it. You just mentioned Mr. Naismith. Yeah. I think I uh, just saw that it was a birthday for when he invented the like game of basketball. Years, right? 18, yeah, back in 1800 and something like that. Unbelievable. Pretty, pretty at the good game. game. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Absolutely. Naismith. Have a great night. That is Postcast. Enjoy yourself.